Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, host of the Love You Even More podcast. I'm an author, performer, producer, and Emmy Award winner. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and experts in their field to have powerful, motivational, and enlightened conversations about relationships, self-development, and how you can love yourself even more. Follow us for daily updates at Love You Even More podcast and at Jackie Brubaker on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. For more on myself and the podcast, including ways that you can love yourself even more, go to loveyouevenmore.com. Welcome, Renee Bauer, to the Love You Even More podcast. Renee is one of my dearest friends. She is a badass. She is seriously doing so much right now, and we have so much to talk about, but we met you were one of my very first podcasts and we found each other via Instagram or friend. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And we have been on kind of a journey together. She is going places in her journey and her career and what she's making her whole world about, which we're going to get into, but we just became the best of friends and she's an incredible person. She is a attorney. She has a law firm called happily ever, no happy even after, sorry, <laughs> happy even after in Connecticut. She has put on twice now the she who wins summit, which is incredible. I was a part of it last year. And she has a book coming out called She Who Wins, which is an inspirational guide, I would say, to becoming your best self. And I loved this when we were talking about titles and like um, subtitles, like letting go of the inner good girl, which is such a huge part of this. So we're just going to talk about you and we're going to get into all kinds of discussions. There's no real topic here, but we're just going to talk about how amazing you are and in that, you guys are going to learn so much. She's just a wealth of knowledge. So welcome, Renee. I, you know what? I, I think the way this went down was when you and I met is for whatever reason, we were following each other. And I'm like, I like her. I don't Aww. know what it is. I'm like, there's something about our energy. And then we like connected through the through DMs. She and slid then into my DMs. <laughs> I slid into you. And I, I think it right from the right from the, the get-go, I'm like, I think we need to like be friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I said that. And then we went on each other's podcast. It was like one after another, and the rest is history. So the that's the benefit of social media. You can meet some of your 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 people and your best friends there. It's true. And it was during the pandemic, and it's yeah. just I don't know. I really enjoy, well, I'm one of the only people who enjoyed the pandemic because I did feel like there were so many wonderful things happen and so many people were connecting and, you know, we had never met (laughs) and we had done all of these lives together and all this stuff. And I remember when I came out to Connecticut last year, um, I was so excited (laughs) to meet you, but there was this one moment where I was like, what if I get catfish right now or something? (laughs) And then your, wait, your son said something, right? Yeah. 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 He He's like, how do you know, how do you know it's going to be her who shows up? Right. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, well, I know what she looks like. I'm not going to let some guy get in my car. <laughs> and I'm not going to believe that the, he rolls up and he's like, I'm Jackie. <laughs> and he called me your internet friends, which yeah. is true, which was true. Yeah. But That's no, so we funny. just, yeah, it's like when you meet women or men, but when you meet women who are your tribe and who are your people, it's so fast, the connection. And that's what happened with us. And yeah. I'm so proud of you. So I really want to talk about the She Who Wins 
brand because it is a brand and it's something that you've been working on for a while now. Um, Originally, your podcast was all about divorce Mm -hmm. and then you had feelings about that. So maybe let's start there. You know, so yes, um, I just want to chit chat about like nothing with you and like tarot cards and crystals and stuff, but I guess we're going to have to do, (laughs) we're going to have to do this thing and actually answer real questions. (laughs) All right. So yes. So most of my adult life, I've been a divorce lawyer. So all of the the people that I work with is all divorce based people going through transitional times in their life. And then I realized, I'm like, you know, the problem isn't the broken marriage, The problem happened well before then. And it's women who are, you know, I see who don't think they're worthy of using their voice, speaking their opinions. Um, I say demanding what they need, but not demanding, but expressing what they need or want out of a relationship and out of life. And I'm like, that's, that's the problem because then what happens is they show up in their marriage and they're kind of a half version of themselves. They're not, they're, they're not fully present as partners, as parents, um, as anyone else, because they're not, their soul isn't lit up and they're not having uncomfortable conversations and they're not, um, asking for things that in their life that like will bring them happiness in whether it's money or, you know, conversations that they need to have that are going to move the needle in terms of where they are. And, and so it was so much more than just divorce. Like that's a moment in someone's life. It's just a glimpse. And it was, there's a much bigger conversation to have about women just owning their worthiness and stop having to people please. And, you know, abandoning their own boundaries. Uh, and that was the conversation that I wanted to have. And that was where the She Who Wins brand came from. It actually came from meditation. Uh, I was meditating so. one day. Yeah. So I was I was sitting there, I was meditating. And I'm not like one of those people who's like, that's part of my everyday practice. I am not that person. But I will do it when, it, when I'm called to it. And I was sitting there, I'm like, I'm missing something. And I, I've always been a writer. And I'm like, I was working on what nonfiction book I wanted to put together. And of course, divorce was the logical thing. It made sense for it to be about divorce, but that was not what I wanted to write. So I was meditating and I'm like, what is it? Like, and just, that was the question I posed. And all of a sudden I just had this download and it's she who wins. And I opened my eyes. I'm like, that's it. I'm like, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what it means, but that's it. And then of course I went and Googled she who wins to see thinking, okay, it's going to be out there. It was, wasn't anywhere. No one was using that, those three words together. And I'm like, how is that possible? And the rest is history and became an event and a book and a podcast and all of the things. I think it's really brave because I remember when you were like, I'm going to change the podcast. I'm going to take a break from the podcast and I'm going to change the name and I'm going to completely rebrand. I think for a lot of people, that would be very scary of, and I did that earlier this year too. I rebranded um, and changed the title of the podcast as well because it didn't feel aligned. And it was, you know, I think a lot of people almost on a larger scale, not just branding, but more like, how do I change what I have been into yeah. something that I want to be that is more aligned with me? I'm scared to do that. So maybe. Mm-hmm. That's what we talk about here because that's essentially what you're talking about with women is how do I become my most aligned self, my happiest self, my most best self because I want to be her, but Mm -hmm. 
but I've been doing this other life for so long and perhaps, you know, partners are involved and children and it feels like, how can I ever get there? Let's kind of start there. So it's interesting that this is the topic we have in this moment right now in this season that I like to say, because I'm entering kind of this weird time where we have, so I have a son, as you know, who's 17, he's, he's going to be a senior in high school. And my husband, Jay, has three kids and they're all embarking on their adulthood and careers and graduating and, and doing all of the things. And here we are like looking at each other. We're like, what now? Like, mm-hmm. what does our next life look like? And it was all, we, we thought, well, like, well, why are we staying tied to this state? And for me, it's like, um, I was always here because of my son. And that was the reason, because I'm not from Connecticut originally. There's not a whole lot here, <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly. Um, it, you know, I, I like New England, but, you know, it was like, this was never really home for me. So it was like, well, what does that look like? And starting to think about reinventing our entire lives. I'm like, for all of this time, my life has been looking like one thing. And what does it look like to pick up and move someplace that feels completely different, that looks completely different, to do something completely different? And like, part of me is like, I don't even know what that looks like. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what is it going to feel like to close the door to our house and like open the door to a new place, maybe across the country and look at that and be like, well, now what? Like, we don't know anyone. And that's scary stuff, but that doesn't mean you don't do it anyway. Like you can pivot any part of your life, your job, where you're living at any point. Like there was no rule book that says once you settle into one place, that is what you have to do forever and where you have to live forever. And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. They think this is what the life that I set up and I always have to stay here. And this is what I went to school for. And this is what the degree on my wall says. And I can never change anything. And I think that that just stunts our growth. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you've been a lawyer for a really long time and every attorney I've ever met eventually stops being an attorney. I wonder why. I mean, there's (laughs) lots of reasons. Yeah, no, every single one of them. So I guess if you're listening and you're an attorney, you probably will change your mind at one point and this will happen, you know, and even if you're not, we all have those natural transitions, like your kids are moving on the empty nest, like, wow, we get to choose our own adventure. But if someone is in a place where that isn't the case, how can they start to begin even in small ways to choose Mm. their adventure? Oh, what a good question. I think that's the title of the podcast, right? Choosing your own adventure. That is, that's a, thank you. There it is. We made it happen. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So uh, it starts small, right? It just starts by by practice and putting habits into place because everything, you know, people think you have to make huge monumental changes and disrupt things in a big way. And you don't, you have to do small little steps and practices. And I'll say to people all the time, like put something on the calendar for you. And that's where it starts. And especially for women, we so often put ourselves at the bottom of our to-do list. And especially if there are kids, like you're so busy momming or, or, you know, being a parent and then you add on the household chores and all of that. And I have friends and it breaks my heart. I have friends who will say, I don't have time. And, you know, I call BS on that a little bit because you make time for what you want to make time for. And at some point, if you want to really be happy and live joyfully and feel fulfilled, you're going to have to step back from all of the tasks and the things that everyone tells you you have to be doing and do something for yourself. So carve out a little bit of time every week to say, this is the thing that I'm going to be doing. And for one person, it could be writing. 
For someone else, it could be training for a marathon. For someone else, it could be, you know, their craft and for a business that they want to start, whatever it is for you, but make a little piece of time for that. Because if you don't, weeks slip by, months slip by, years slip by, and you never take the time. And then you get to a point where you're like, well, I'm too old to do this, which you hear that, like I'm too old to start something new, to learn something new. So I might as well just stick it out because, you know, my pension is five years from now, I'm going to get it. And that's another five years gone that you haven't been able to really live the life that you want want to live because you're following the path that someone else laid laid out. So to answer your question, choose your own adventure by just choosing your own one hour a week, start there, and then you can expand. I love that. I think those are very doable things. Also the thing, were we just talking about this? But what I've noticed is that like the more that, you know, like I'm 41, I I just got into my 40s and like I feel like I'm seeing more women, especially doing hobbies and creating new versions of themselves through hobbies. Um, Like one of my best friends, Christine, started doing Ariel three years ago. And by the way, I'm going to go take some Ariel classes. (gasps) That's fun. (laughs) Very excited. But I was thinking about how people are starting to do these new hobbies at this age. It's almost like in my eyes, it's almost like early retirement. Like what would you want to do if you were retired, but you're doing it now and it's giving new life to what was this like maybe boring routine humdrum life of like work, kids, sleep. And now it's like, no, I am going to carve out an hour and I'm going to go take a class or I'm going to go learn something that isn't going to change my life in any which way, but it will actually very subtly, very slowly give you that. I think freedom is maybe the Mm -hmm. word. And fun. It is fun. fun. Like we adults don't have enough fun. And I'm so guilty of that. And like, we think that we have too much responsibility of all these things and we stop having fun at some point. And it's like, what, what if you just had fun? I mean, you think about that hour doing the, the aerialist. Yeah. Is that what it's Ariel, called? Yeah. yeah. Think about that. You're not thinking about paying the bills during that hour. You are not thinking about sweeping your floors. The only thing you can think about is like hanging upside down from your head. Like you are so present in right. the moment. And like, I think that's the point of it. Like when you're learning something new, you, it gets all of your attention and it forces you to be really present. And right. it's beautiful. It's very, it's very true. And, you know, I also kind of going back to the um, the original thought too is that I always like to kind of try to think of like someone saying, yeah, but like to really mm-hmm. kind of answer their question, right? So, okay. So like I can take an hour a week and like do something, but, but <laughs> there's but. always the excuse that comes up of like, oh, I got sick or, oh, my kid got sick or like there's mm-hmm. a reason why I can't go. But I think the biggest reason why people don't go to do whatever it is that they want to do, even if it's not a class or something, it's just, hey, I really should be journaling, you know, every day or something, they stop doing it, is fear. And I want to talk about the fear there is because I I think, and I want to know your opinion, like I think when you're in such a place of routine and safety – that perpetuates more fear. Like, oh my God, if I lose this, what then? But instead you're now thinking, oh, well, if I go spend an hour doing something that would actually bring me joy and could be fun, I'm afraid of what might happen. 
What do you think it is that people are afraid of completely? I think people are afraid of failing and being rejected. And because those words are heavy and they feel negative and they're bad. And for some, someone along the way said being rejected is bad. And if you think about it, like I, like I say, I say in my book, I'm like being rejected should be celebrated because that means you're doing something and you're putting yourself out there. And, you know, one of one day, one of those rejections is going to be an acceptance is going to be a yes. Um, And it's, I think that people don't like to feel like they failed at something. And I think that, I think it's a perfectionist thing. You know, people don't want to, to be a beginner. Like you get to a certain point in your life and you think we all should be experts in everything that we do and all knowing and all doing and perfect at it. And being a beginner is being vulnerable. It's saying, I don't know. It's asking for help. It's, you know, saying I'm not good at something or I'm learning and all of those things is kind of like against everything that we've ever been taught about, about what you're supposed to be doing as an adult, you're supposed to be, you know, standing up and becoming that expert and, and learning it all and, you know, Absolutely. not starting over again. Absolutely. I mean, I'm starting over again with musical theater and have been, and I'm just starting to feel like I've got, I've got this, you know, but the reason it took me so long to even start back into it was the fear of rejection, but but mainly a feeling like, oh my God, I should have been doing this for so much longer. I can't compete with these people. Um, what are they going to ask? Or they're going to look at my resume and be like, I'm confused. Wait, what have you been doing? Mm -hmm. Um, all of those excuses. Right. And, you know, I also think that part of the fear is what if it worked out? Yeah. (laughs) What if it worked out? You know, you start taking a class, it starts changing you. You start becoming a different person, which is Mm -hmm. ultimately what you want, right? You want to be more aligned with you. And then that shifts things in your world and it rocks the boat maybe even. Mm -hmm. And people have an idea of who you are. And now you're like, I'm not just that. I'm going to be more than that. I am more than that. And that fear of what if I lose this little package I've created of a life because I step out and do something else? How do you think women are feeling about that and dealing with that? Uh, I think that when we, you know, we're in this little box and when we find ourselves climbing over the box, we're like, you know, we're, we're shaking, our hands are shaking as we're kind of pulling ourselves up to the top. And then we fall completely on the, on the other side of it. And what happens is we probably shed patterns and people and that's scary. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's really scary to shed people who no longer are where you are in your life when you, you know, after you're so used to holding on to what you know. And, but that's not a reason to not do that thing anyway, because it's like, you know, I look at it when I'm old, hopefully, and at the point of I've lived a very full, complete life. Like I want to look back at it and say, I tried everything that was on my heart. And I, you know, I gave it a, a old, you know, college effort and some of them things landed and some did not, but I tried it. So I have left with no doubt that I have lived fully. I do not want to be there saying, God, I wish I did this. 
I wish I tried this. What would have happened if I put myself out there? I do not want that existence, you know? And I think so many people are, I mean, I hear it all the time, especially from women who constantly are saying that they'll, they'll do something at a different time when they have more time, when their kids are older, when they lose more weight, like whatever, they're constantly putting their life on hold. And we just don't know how long that life is going to be. And we don't know what things are going to look like. Like, why are we putting our own happiness and our joy on hold? And I think Mm -hmm. that that's the norm. I think most people, and when you disrupt that and you shake it, and you're one of the people who says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pivot. And then people look at you kind of weird and they're like, well, that's irresponsible or unreasonable or not practical. And like, that's the response that, that you get from people because they're not used to having other people do that. And it's kind of like a mirror to reflection back to them. Well, geez, like here I am living this, this very practical life and not fulfilling my dreams. And they don't like the way that feels. So what happens is they kind of turn to you and they're like, well, what are you doing? You're crazy for wanting to do this, having this, these wild dreams. It's such a projection from other people too, right? They're just projecting all of their fear and their want of something else yeah. too. It's an anger. I feel like the part of that is a lot of anger. Um, yeah. yeah, just, just the, you know, I like the idea of what you said, like coming out of the box and shaking, but then like falling to either side because you find the people that you are more aligned with and you, yeah. you're level with. And hopefully people who are way above you so that you can like move up to their level and like learn and learn. But that's the other side of this too, is that there is so much, it's beauty, what is it? Beauty for ashes or beauty in the ashes or something like that. But it, it really is like you let yourself die in a way so that you can be reborn so that you can find people that really do fit with you. And not everyone comes on the journey forever, yeah. Like you said, you know, and we do outgrow people and it is sad, but it's also you're outgrowing yourself. And yeah. the longer you stay, you know, especially going back to like women who are wanting to leave their, you know, partners, it's it's really tough. But I think it comes from a very strong place of I need more. Like mm-hmm. I feel stifled on so many levels and it's just time to grow. And it's recognizing when something comes to completion. You know, it's not everything is in our life forever. Maybe it's just for a season and people come and go and we take that and we learn from it and then we release them or whatever situation we're in and we're saying, okay, it's it's time to move on. And we'll take that little nugget of lesson mm-hmm. from that into the, right. our future. And it's scary, but it's also really freeing. Again, it's going back to freedom, yeah. which I think this yeah. is all about is that the freedom to be happy and the freedom to do mm-hmm. what you want to do and the freedom to take risks and the freedom to love. And yes, everything is in its own season, relationships, careers, even kids, obviously seasons, you know, yeah. but it's funny that you mentioned, I want to be old and not have any regrets. I remember as a very young kid saying that to my dad, like I, ve- I know where we were. I know what we were doing. I drive past that place all the time. <laughs> And I remember saying to him, I think I was like six or seven. Oh my gosh, you were wise. I was, no, but I was, <laughs> I think I was remembering my past life. Um, I think I was still very in touch with like, let's not do that again. Um, <laughs> I said to him, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to have any regrets in this life. All I hear from adults is, wow, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that, mm-hmm. you know, and all of these excuses 
on why they can't do what they want to do. I'm like, I want to do absolutely everything that I've ever wanted to do. Doesn't mean it has to be award-winning. It just means you do it, you know? Like just because I'm going to go take Ariel doesn't mean I'm going to join like Cirque du Soleil. It's truly just for fun. And maybe, you know, keeping that in mind too is like, just because you say you want to do something, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. It can be Mm -hmm. as big or small as you need it to be so -hmm. that you know you did it. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way about the summit between between you and I and all of your hundreds of thousands of listeners. But it was like I did this, you know, I did this twice and people are always like, oh, the next one. And I'm like, you know, maybe there may not be one. I don't know the answer to that. It may have come to completion. Like I did it yeah. and it's, you know, it had its place. And then that may be something that's being released. Like just because you commit to something once does not mean it needs to be something that you continuously, like you can take your, the aerial classes for, you know, five classes and then be done and move on. Like you don't need a lifetime membership to the gym that teaches it. Like it's where we're allowed to, I mean, and that's the adventure because you can have that little adventure that can come to completion. And then you move on to that next adventure or whatever you're being called to. I mean, that's what living is about. That's the way I look at it. Like, I don't ever want to stop having an adventure. Oh, I love that because adventure is fun. And so many times it's like when we go on vacation, right? And there's all these things you can do, but like, I mean, most of the time I just want to lay on the beach with a drink yeah, and like, just, that's all I want to do. But, um, but if there are options within the tropical rainforest that I'm in, <laughs> um, I'll go try to figure out them. But yeah, we, again, it's like, we get scared and like, just do it. Just have yeah. the fun. Just do the excursions of your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, mm. I love that. I love, I love that too. This is basically, do you think this is what your book's about? I, you know, to some extent, yes. Um, It is about, it's getting to, when you get to a crossroads in your life, a point where you say, I need something different, or I want something different, or you're being called to something, whatever it is, like it could be leaving the job or leaving the relationship or picking up and moving cross country, whatever it is. And when people know that they want something, and then they don't ever pursue it. And it's like, why aren't they pursuing that adventure? So the book walks you through a uh, three three steps in order to make that decision. So you have such clarity on on how to make that decision. And it's based on a framework that I call stop, drop, and roll. And I say that if you stop, drop, and roll into any decision, you will always win. And part of that is stopping and assessing, following your heart, because the Science, Heart Math Institute actually shows that when you're making decisions based on your heart, you're being led by your intuition and those are better decisions than your your brain that is trying to keep you safe and small and your ego that's trying to protect you. So when you're following your heart and stopping and assessing that you're making decisions from that place and then you're dropping the excuses that are holding you back, all of the things that come up for us every time we try to talk ourselves out of something distractions, another time when I have more money, like all of those things. And then finally rolling into action. And that's being really clear about what step you have to take to make this happen. And when you stop, drop and roll into any decision, you will always win because no matter the outcome, even if it looks different than what you anticipated, you will have moved the needle on your life. And maybe you think you want something, but maybe that's not actually what you need. 
And I believe that the universe knows timing better than we do, and that you'll be led to something even better um, Mm -hmm. than what you actually want. And that's a win. And I think stagnation and being stuck and not moving is where so many people live their lives. And this is all about creating that adventure, creating that win. And it's one, you know, your one thought, one excuse and one action away from that in your life. And that that's the premise of the book. And, you know, I dive into so many topics. I use, I, I share stories, very personal stories in that book about worthiness, about body image issues, about relationship issues, about money, like things that come up from the, my feminine lens of what I have, have handled or how I've dealt with stuff. Not to say like, this is the way to do it, but just to share, like we all show up in our lives in different ways. We all have stories. We all have histories. We all have self-limiting beliefs, but that shouldn't hold you back from living your best life. Yeah, absolutely. When does your book come out for, I know we're in pre-sale, so you guys, you can go yeah. pre-sale it, but when does it actually come out? It comes out September 5th. And right now we are giving away some really cool things. When you pre-order one of my favorite things that I'll have to share with you, I'm waiting for the hard copy of them, but I created an affirmation deck. I've <gasps> always wanted, I know. Oh my God. Why are you now just telling me that? Have I not shared this with you? So no. I, I wanted to create a deck that, um, I like, I always loved Gabby Bernstein's deck and I loved the, how it felt. And I loved, and I loved just pulling a card and being like, okay, this is what I'm going to embody. This is the energy yeah. I want today. So I created a companion deck that goes along with the book. Um, it's all about living a fierce life. And so when you pre-order the book, you get it, the e-deck automatically, but I'm actually having, um, the physical deck being made right now. And so when you, when you pre-order, you can join the early readers club and I'm going to be gifting those decks to that, that circle of people who are in there, um, early because I love giving gifts and I'm just excited (laughs) to, to share this. Oh my God. I'm so excited. And where can people go pre-order? They can go to shewhowinsbook.com and that will give you all of the info to get all of the free gifts. But otherwise, it's available um, at any major book outlet, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, independent booksellers. All of them Amazing. Oh, what is one thing that you would like to leave listeners with today? <sighs> I love this question. Um, it's that you are stronger than you think. People think they will not get past losing the job or the divorce or money problems or the toxic relationship, whatever it is, and they think that this is going to be the hardest thing that they ever come come across and that they're never going to get on the other side of it. And every single person has so much strength. And you've survived worse things, you will survive this and just be open to the possibility of what that. Thank you, Renee. This was a beautiful podcast. Go find Renee. All of her links will be in the show notes. Go pre-order her book. And if it's past the date and it's past September 5th, then go buy the book. <laughs> but yes. yes, go follow her. She's amazing. And thank you so much, honey. Of course. I'm going to see you in LA soon. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there.